fire where he's brought rain upon this land. God, we're asking you to continue to just bring uh, the rains, the nice, gentle rains, and just to beautify this country. We speak to the grass to begin to start growing. We speak to the trees to begin to bud and to bring forth what you would have, Lord God, the beauty of your creation in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. You know, I, I am just in awe this morning. I... I am just very thankful to be able to be here. There's some things that the Lord is just stirring within us. We've gotten some direction for this next year, where we're going, the, 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 the things that we're going to begin to start teaching, the things that you're going to begin to learn. If you'll get a hold of this word today, you're going to be able to walk in that. All right? So turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. Tell them, say, neighbor, if you knew who you were sitting next to... You'd want to sit next to me every time. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. Some of them are like, wait a minute, I don't understand. You know, last week we talked about being kings. That Jesus is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And you're kings, you're royalty. We talked about the development of that. I had, I had some of you that came up to me that, uh, that were like, wait a minute, you, guys, you gave me six points, but you didn't give me seven. So I, I got a handout today. Has everybody got their handout? Okay, that's for you to take some notes. That's for you to be able to, to look at this thing. Take some notes, look at this thing, because there are some others that you may have to teach. There's going to be a time where you're going to look at this, you're going to be able to teach this, you're going to be able to talk to others about it, and I want to take a look at this today. Can we do that? Okay, write this down. God never intended to have a religion, only a kingdom. God's intent was never to have a religion, but a kingdom and establish the kingdom of God on the earth. Can I get an amen? So God never, I'm going to unpack this thing. We're going to go through this thing. We're going to talk a little bit about God never intended to have a religion. See, when God created the heavens and the earth, he never had a religion in mind, but he had the institution of the kingdom of God, which is dominion, which is rule, which is authority, which is power, which is sovereignty. Can I get an amen? Now, I know some of you might be skeptics, so let's go back to Genesis, and let's take a look at this. Genesis chapter 1, I want to read verses 26 through 28, and I want us to see the intent of what God had for us was to have dominion. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Underline that word, rule over. You can begin to look it up, and it means dominion. Say dominion. God wants us to have, the original intent was to have dominion over those things. And I'm telling you, if you will get a hold of this thing, no, when you get a hold of this thing, It will change your life. See, we've been taught a lot of times about a religion. And God wants us to to, to teach about a relationship. Can I get an amen? Amen. 
That is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The foundation in which the kingdom of God is built on. There is no other foundation you can build it on. There is no other foundation that will hold true to what God wants us to have. But the original intent in the Garden of Eden was for Adam and Eve to have dominion. Say dominion. Dominion. Turn to your neighbor and say dominion. Come on, come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, Dominion. 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 Uh, so we, he wants us to have dominion. He wants us to rule over these things. Now, we talked about and we've been breaking down kingdom, and this is the third part of a series which we may be able to finish up next week, but we'll have that available to you. But it's characteristics of the kingdom, and not only just the kingdom of God, but kingdoms in general. So let me give you these seven things about every kingdom. Are you ready? Number one, every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom has to have a king. If there's no king, then there's no kingdom. Are you with me? So every kingdom has to have a king. And our king is Jesus. Amen? Oh, come on. Our king is Jesus. He's the son of God. We, he, is, he is our king. So, number two, every kingdom has to have a territory. Territory is important. Land is important. The whole issues that they're fighting over in the Middle East is not about rulership. It's about who runs the land. Who owns the land? It's about taking possession of the land itself. So not only does every kingdom have to have a king, every kingdom has to have territory. And we want to encourage you that Psalms 115.16 says, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. And that's us. So our territory is the earth realm. Hello? You can rule and reign in the earth realm. I got news for you. You go to heaven, you're not ruling and reigning in heaven. <laughs> hey, come on. There's God the Father, <laughs> and He is ruling and reigning in heaven. You're not going to be able to come up and say, well, you know, I think, Dad, we need to do it this way. <laughs> in fact, all I know about the Word of God is that there are myriads of angels attending Him. I think we get in the presence of God. You think you're going to tell God something? <laughs> I got news for you. You're going to stand up and say, we wait till I get to heaven. I'm going to give Him a piece of my mind. You're going to look at Him and go, <laughs> you're going to wake up another, I don't know how many years later, if we're even in years, and you're going you're gonna to say, because ah, ah, ah. <laughs> God is awesome. The tremendous things of God. I mean, there's angels attending him. Oh, can I fix this for you? Oh, let me take care of this. Oh, let me shine your shoes. Oh, God, you're wonderful. Let me fix your hair. Oh, look at this. You know, all these different things. These angels are just attending to God. And we think we're going to tell God something. But so the territory that God has given us to rule is what? The earth. Say the earth. He's given us to rule the earth. He says, hey, you know what? We're going to rule that earth. And we unpacked that last week. The third thing is every kingdom needs citizens. Paul says we are fellow citizens in the kingdom of God. We are fellow citizens. So every kingdom needs citizens. And guess who the citizens are? You. Turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about you. I'm talking about you this morning. Amen. The number, the number four thing is that every kingdom has to have a constitution. All right. Is that number five? Yeah, the fourth thing is every kingdom has to have a constitution. Here's this too, in case you need that. What's the, what is our constitution? Everybody. 
Everybody? That's our Constitution. God said it, that settles it. So I come in agreement with what God says. Oh, come on, somebody. There is a principle that if two come together, agree on any one thing touching, it'll be done for us by our Father, which is in heaven. Matthew 16, 18, I think it is. If we come into agreement with God's word, oh, things in my life are going to change. Oh, come on, somebody. That's the Constitution. So a lot of times we might be able to say, well, you know, this is what I think. Oh, sister, this is what I think. Oh, brother, what do you think? What do you think? Hey, what do you think? What do you think? I need to start saying, you know what? It's not what I think. But here's what the Constitution of the government in which I serve says that I'm the head and not the tail. That I'm above only and not beneath. That says that I have victory. Say victory. victory. See, we've got to look at this Constitution. We've got to read this Constitution. Let's read this thing and know what's in it so we can begin to operate on it. Can I get an amen? amen. Oh, come on. I, I'm excited this morning because I'm getting a hold of the Constitution. I'm getting a hold of the Bible, the Word of God, and things in my life are changing. So that's number four. Number five, every kingdom has laws. Every kingdom has laws. There are principles, there's precepts in the word of God that we get a hold of those laws, those, those statutes, those principles in the word that, that then our life is going to shift. There's things that are going to have to change in our life, okay? So number one, every kingdom has a what? King. Number two, every kingdom has a? Every kingdom needs? And every kingdom must have a? And every kingdom has? Okay, number six, and we want to begin to look at this. Every kingdom has laws. Number six, every kingdom has government. I apologize for the typographical error last week. It's Isaiah 9, 6 and not Isaiah 6, 9. I, I apologize for that. But I thank you that you give me grace when I, when I kind of have that kind of thing going on that, that transposes those two figures. And we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 here shortly. But every kingdom has government. And in our government, we're to be obedient to the things of God. Say obedience. I mean, the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So we need to be obedient to the Constitution, to the Word of God, understanding who the king is. And we gave you those six, and maybe you don't want number seven. <laughs> I had somebody come up and say, I didn't get number seven last week. I was like, because I didn't give it to you. And they said, can I have it? And I said, no. <laughs> you got to come back here today. And I'm glad to tell you that that person is here today. Let's give them a hand. Amen. They know who they are. Okay. Number seven. Every kingdom has privileges. Say privileges. So if we're learning about the kingdom of God, there are privileges. Or, <laughs> this is another word you could put on there, benefits. Anybody like some benefits? <laughs> I like the benefits of the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. The benefits of the kingdom can do me better than any employer can give you benefits. Now, you might have a full 100% insurance package, and you might have a full 401k that is just exploding. Well, was exploding. You might have, you know, all these different benefits. You've got eye care and health care and teeth care and ear care and nose care and all this different care that you might have. And that's wonderful for an employer to have, 
But I'm telling you, there is no employer that cannot have the benefits that God has. God has so much greater benefits than any employer could ever have on the face of the earth. That's our king, and that's who we serve. And in this kingdom, there is benefits. Say benefits. I mean, he says, when you seek me with all your heart, you're going to find me. It's like, hey, there he is. Hey, God, I finally found you. God, I've been waiting on you to show up in this situation. How many things have we missed because we didn't read the Constitution? How many things have we missed because we operated under a religion and not operating in the kingdom of God? How many things have we missed out on because we didn't know what's in there that's in there and didn't operate on the principle that was there? Or how many things have we missed because we didn't believe it? How many things have we missed because we were afraid that somebody might say, well, you're just a Bible thumper if you're reading your word. How many things have we missed out? We got to stop living in the dark and start living in the light. Amen. We got to come out of the darkness and be a royal child to be trained and to be taught in royalty to be the prince or princess or king or I'll say queen. Amen. That God wants us to be. So for many years, if we've only been trained a certain way, or if we've just lived in the kingdom of the world, how do we operate in the kingdom of light? If I've spent 30 years in the kingdom of dark, and then I give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ today, then today I need to start learning how to be royalty. Say royalty. See, what happens is the old man's still there. My thoughts are still there that... I should do this or should do that or I used to do this and, 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 and it just puts me in bondage. It just keeps me behind bars. So we've got to stop living in the dark and begin to live like royal children. So let's take a look today at the kingdom of God, shall we? The kingdom of God is more important today than ever before. When you hear about sickness, when you hear about disease, when you hear about economic structures failing, banks foreclosing, big automobile dealerships going into bankruptcy, all sorts of things, you begin to hear today the kingdom of God is more important today than it ever has been. It's the kingdom of God that is going to begin to infiltrate people's lives and people will stand on the principles of the kingdom and we'll watch the king move. Amen? Amen. So let's take a look at this kingdom of God today. And I just want to kind of lay down a little bit. Go to Daniel chapter 7. And let's look at, let's start out with Daniel chapter 7. Because Daniel was looking ahead. See, there is a secret to success. Do you want me to tell you the secret? There's a secret to success. That you can be successful in every area in your life. And that secret to success is what we're going to talk about today. Are you guys okay to hear that secret? Are you, can you hear me? Are you okay to talk about that secret? Okay. Shh, it's a secret. And we know if we told somebody it was a secret, some people, buddy, it would hit, it. by noon, it'd be at McDonald's. Come on, somebody. This is a secret that you can tell somebody. Amen. That's a God deal. I got a secret. You do? You want me to tell you? Yeah. I'm telling you, set them up like that. I learned about the kingdom of God. 
what? <laughs> I learned that I can live in a higher level, at a higher plane than I could before because of what Jesus did for me. I can have victory. I can have authority. I can, and they're going, whoa, 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 whoa. That is a secret. Daniel chapter 7. Let's look at verses 13 and 14. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the ancient of days and, oh. was, and was presented before him. Okay, the ancient of days was God the Father. Say, Father God. Okay. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Man, I'm telling you, if you, if you are sad today, read these scriptures. Amen? He says, so he was looking in the night vision. This is, this is Daniel. And, and he says, Behold, the clouds of heaven, the someone like the Son of Man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days. So here's the picture. Jesus Christ himself coming up to God the Father, the Ancient of Days, and he was presented. Da -da 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 -da! Here is your Son, Jesus Christ. He was presenting himself before God. In verse 14, And to him, say Jesus, to him, Jesus, it was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Now, some versions might say uh, uh, authority and sovereign or power and glory. Those things are all in kingship. Those things are all in dominion. And that the peoples of the nations, check this out. The peoples of the nations and men of every language might serve him. His dominion... His power, His authority, His sovereignty, His glory, His rulership, His mastery. That's the word dominion means all those different things. His dominion is an everlasting, everla I believe it says everlasting dominion. Which will pass away here in another 10 years. What? No, no, it's going to pass away here in 30 years. Uh, you know, no, five more. No, no, it was supposed to pass away in 2000. Hello? It was supposed to pass away in 1988 after Israel was 40 years of a nation. In 48, in 1988 it was supposed to pass away, but it could be tomorrow. It's going to pass away tomorrow. What's the Bible say? Say, God said it. That settles it. God said it. He's saying in his word. Daniel is looking forward and he's saying, you know what? His dominion is an everlasting dominion. And I just get happy. I just get happy. I'm thinking, oh, I'm part of that kingdom. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, come on. I can have joy in the midst of tribulations. I can have joy in the midst of what we're going through because I belong to the kingdom of God. I'm not of this world. I am in this world, but I belong to the kingdom of God and the kingdom, his dominion, his power, his authority, all these things will never, oh, never, 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 never pass away. Amen. That just makes me happy. I guess I'll be the only happy one, Terry. And his kingdom, not only will it never pass away, he says his kingdom will never be destroyed. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's kingdom. 
That's kingdom. Now, who does this kingdom belong to? Do you want me to show you? If you're, if you're there, look right down there to verse 18. Daniel seven eighteen. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom all maybe for a day or two. What does it say? He says forever and all ages to come. Because there were different ages of things that stopped the Old Testament, New Testament. So if it was the kingdom in the Old Testament, you're going to have authority and dominion and a kingdom in the New Testament. Can I get an amen? Amen. Who was he giving the kingdom to? What does it say? It's the saints. Who's the saints? We got a few of them here. I'm just going to preach to you guys. Amen? Okay? You are a saint. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a saint. I'm a saint. You don't have to be dead and have a statue made of yourself in order to become a saint. Hello? When you come to know Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're no longer a sinner. You're a saint. Oh, come on. Doesn't the Bible says, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus? So I'm no longer a sinner saved by grace. I am one that was a sinner saved by grace, but now I'm one that may sin. Come on. The Bible says to know the good that you ought to do and not do it is sin. So basically when you look at the Greek on this word, it means to miss the mark. I miss the mark at times, but I have an advocate with the Father. Oh, come on, somebody. That if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I'm back in the kingdom again. Back in the kingdom again. Wait a minute, that's an old Gene Autry song, isn't it? Back in the saddle again. There you go. I mean, have y'all anybody got any Western buffs in here? Jump in the saddle again. You're back on the saddle. He may have bucked you off, but I got news for you. You confessed. You repented. The old has passed away. The new has come. Climb back up and get in that saddle again and begin to ride for the king of kings. Okay, well, some of them got it. So who possesses the kingdom? Check this out. You're going to get this. Look at verse 27. I wanted to prove it to you, not only with verse 18, but I want to prove it to you with verse 27. That's Daniel 7, 27. Then the sovereignty, (laughs) that sounds like kingship to me, the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. It's tough when you go to church and they talk about you. (laughs) Hey, we talking about staying in the kingdom, y'all. Right? You can go to church and say, guess what the preacher did? What he talked about me all morning long. Did he really? Yeah, you need to get the CD and listen to it. Amen? Right? He talked about, he he will talk about you. (laughs) But smile when you say that. (laughs) Because you're a king. Say, I'm a king. You know what? We're to be kings and priests. We are ambassadors. I'll get into that in just a minute. But he says, under the whole heaven will be given the people of the saints of the highest. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. And all dominions will serve and obey him. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise for the word this morning. Hallelujah! 
I'm telling you, the people that decided to sleep in this morning, they missing out this morning. Amen? They are missing out on something else this morning because they're going, you're going to get it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to get it. Come tell me, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm not only going to get it, I'm going to walk in it. And we want to talk a little bit about that. Because when we see the kingdom and we see what it is and we see that it's for the saints, if God wanted you to be in heaven, he'd take you now. He created the earth. What? So he could pull you off the earth into heaven so you could stay in heaven? No. So you could have dominion on the earth to rule over. Genesis 1.26. The fish, of, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the plants, everything that creeps and crawls along there. I tell you, I got a little grandson. He's just really something else. The other day, he was looking at something and he was looking at a bug. The bug was dead. I didn't kill it. I didn't take dominion over it. It had died. And he was looking at that bug. And he was like, ah, ah. and I was like, pick it up. <laughs> he would not pick it up. So I had, to get, I had to get a Kleenex and pick it up. Then we ran into one that was alive. A little bitty bug. It was alive. Now I know, don't write me letters or call me up or send me emails. But I took dominion over that bug. No, no, you don't understand. I could have taken that bug and thrown it outside. And I do that sometimes. But I was trying to teach my grandson something. <laughs> so I took the bug and I said, pick it up. And he was like, nah, nah. And I said, went and got a Kleenex and I picked that bug up and I heard it crunch. I don't mean to be off color, but I took dominion over that bug. I said, here, now throw it in the trash can. He threw it in a trash can. So I killed the bug. Y'all all right? Okay. Some things that can come and try to harm you. Some things you don't need to just throw it out and release it in the backyard. There are some things the enemy may come against you. You need to cut the head off that thing. Hello? Daniel stood before Goliath. And he was an uncircumcised Philistine coming against his God. I mean, excuse me, David, thank you. David stood before Goliath, and he was an uncircumcised Philistine. And he, he came against his God, and he just didn't hurt him. He cut his head off. The enemy is going to come against you, and I don't want you just to hurt him. I want you to cut his head off. That's a prophetic word for somebody here today. If you're going to operate in the kingdom, you're going to have to be a king. You're going to have to cut his head off. Amen? So we begin to look at this kingdom. The kingdom was given to Jesus from the Father. Jesus has given this kingdom to us to operate in that. Let's, turn, let's go to Isaiah chapter 9 because I know that you've got to have word confirm word, scripture confirm scripture. Isaiah chapter 9. This scripture is not just for Christmas time. We talked a little bit about it last week. Isaiah chapter 9. Let's look at verses 6 and 7. The kingdom, look and see what the kingdom will bring with it. We can determine whether we're operating in the kingdom of God or not by seeing the fruits of what we have in our lives. Let's look and see in the scripture what the kingdom will bring with it. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. 
And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. What's the kingdom bringing with it? Peace. Say peace. The kingdom brings with it peace. There's going to be no, <laughs> there's going to be no end to the increase of his government. Oh, come on, somebody. We can say what we want to say. We can do what we want to do. But I'm telling you, the word of God says the kingdom of God, there will be no end to the increase of his government. And you can look back 2,000 years and you can see where the government of God has increased, 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 increased. They may have started out beheading people, cutting people's heads off. They may have burned people on the stake. They may have put people on, the, on a cross, on a crucifix. And that no longer happens today because the king of God is advancing and people are saying wait a minute that is not right that is not right that's not the way to do it so the kingdom of God continues to advance there shall be no end to the increase of his government what is it that Jesus is carrying on his shoulders the government of God say that government of God Jesus is carrying the government of God on his shoulders so Isaiah prophesied about it. He said he's going to be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There shall be no end to the increase of his government. There is going to be peace. I'm telling you, in the kingdom of God, there's peace. There might be some stuff going on outside around me. <laughs> but in me, there's peace. Say peace. There's peace. There's peace in the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. There's that peace of God that's there. So Daniel says it. He says the saints are going to have this kingdom. Isaiah says, hey, you know what? It's a kingdom that Jesus is bringing on his shoulders. And, and we begin to look at it and we say, you know what? The word of God confirms it. It was not a religion that Jesus was bringing. It was the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom. Say the kingdom. kingdom. Well, I got to prove it to you. Go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I heard some of y'all in the spirit say, that sounds good, but prove it to me in the New Testament. <laughs> Which the new covenant is a better and lasting covenant, right? Amen. I thank God for the old covenant, but I praise the Lord for the new covenant. Amen. <laughs> I tell you, I, I thank the Lord for that. Uh, Matthew 4, did I tell you what verse? Verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's the first time Jesus is talking about it. He had spent 40 days in the wilderness. Spirit had led him there. And he was getting to the point where he says, you know what? I came forth and he had a battle with the enemy. And he said, you know, the, the enemy's battle, didn't Satan take him to a high place and say, oh, by the way, you can have all these kingdoms if you bow down and worship me. Well, see, Jesus knew what he was ushering in. Jesus knew what was taking place. It takes a kingdom to overthrow a kingdom. In the Old Testament, religion didn't overthrow anything. 
It took the kingdom of God to overthrow the kingdom of dark. It takes a kingdom to overthrow a kingdom. Are you with me? Do you all agree with that? So it's not going to be about religion. And I'm not, trust me, I'm not. There are some things that we do can be religious. But I want you to establish about the kingdom of God. You're here because the spirit of the living God has brought you here and you need to receive this message so you can begin to walk in power. You can begin to walk in authority. You can begin to walk in dominion. You can begin to have victory over those things that are in your life that are having victory over you. You are not have to bow down to drugs, alcohol, bondage, any of those things, hatred, bitterness, envy, jealousy, those things. You need to cut the head off of that Goliath and say no longer not today not anymore because I am royalty I'm in the kingdom of God I'm taking that authority that dominion over that situation and it will not rule me in Jesus name hallelujah that's what I mean you're going to have to get serious with it you're going to have to get busy with it you're going to have to get busy with it because it is contending for you oh come on somebody That area in your life is contending for you. And I got news for you. You can and will have victory. Somebody say victory. Victory. I mean, it's victory. You You got to begin to say, hey, hey, no longer am I doing that. No longer am I bowing down. Oh, I'm stepping out of that because I am royalty. I'm going to walk as a king. I'm going to walk as a majesty. I'm going to walk with power and authority and dominion over every area. Not just one area. I know we're in a process, and all of us are are being trained and equipped to be kings. But you got to understand who you already are. Prince William is a king in the making. You with me? Prince William already is a king. Because if Queen Elizabeth dies and Prince Charles dies, there's William already operating as a king. So we've got 30 years of operating in the flesh. We've got 30 years of operating. However old you are, I pray that you didn't operate in, in the dark kingdom as long as probably I operated in the dark kingdom. So we've got all these years that our mind has been trained to think a certain way that we have to go to our core belief system and say, wait a minute, I, no long, I, I can have authority over this. I can have victory over this. Amen. We don't have to wait. Come on, y'all. See, religion is the number one problem in the world today. They're trying to divide the world from Christianity to Islam. And it's about religion. I'm here to tell you, it's not about religion. Christianity, Christianity was, was labeled by the, by the believers of Jesus. And it was labeled by pagans that gave us the label Christians. Oh, you're to be Christ-like. I am a Christian, I believe in Christianity, but I am a believer of Jesus Christ, and that's who I follow, amen? So we have to understand that religion is not going to do anything but bring division. But the kingdom will overthrow, the kingdom of light will overthrow the kingdom of dark. Oh, come on somebody. It's about the kingdom. Tell your neighbor it's about the kingdom. Tell your other neighbor it's about the kingdom. So some kingdoms, some characteristics. Let me get to your notes real quick and and, and let's take a look at that. Some of the kingdom characteristics are this. Number one, on your notes, Jesus came to bring a kingdom, not a religion. A kingdom, not a religion. 
Jesus came to bring a kingdom, not a religion. You can look at that and you can see, you know what, what Jesus taught about. <laughs> That's number two. Jesus continued, his message was about a kingdom. Say a kingdom. Never once did he say, I want to establish the religion of Christianity. If you can find it in your Bible, call me up. <laughs> Nine to nines, people time, so if you find it at midnight, call me the next morning. Amen? He never, he never, he never did that. He never established a religion. He was establishing your dominion, your rulership, all oh, in the earth. So what was his message? What was his message? His message was the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. I will challenge you to go through and underline or highlight every time you see the gospel of the kingdom or the good news of the kingdom or the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Go through and underline it, underline it, highlight it, underline it, underline it, highlight it, highlight it, underline it, underline it, highlight it. I could do this over 70 sometimes in just, in just the gospels that you can begin to see that. So his message was about a kingdom. His message wasn't on healing. He did heal. His message wasn't on faith. He operated in faith. Come on, somebody. And he would recognize others that operated in that faith. And there were some people that operated in the kingdom of God that when he established it, that he even identified them. And he said, you know what? I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. A centurion soldier had greater faith than the Israelites. But his message was a message of the kingdom. Say a kingdom. Now, I got a quote on there from, from, from Miles Monroe. I think it's on there. I, liked, I, I really like this. Why don't you write this down? The kingdom is the practical, spiritual influence of God in our daily contemporary life. I like his definition. The kingdom is a practical, spiritual influence of God in our daily contemporary life. In other words, it's for now. Hello? It's contemporary. It's not just the old, but it's the new. Come on, somebody. It's not just the old wineskin, but it's the new wine in the new wineskin. The old was great, but the kingdom of God is for you to operate in it today. You don't have to wait. I need, I need you to hear this today. You don't have to wait to operate in it. Say, we can operate and live in it right now. Aren't you citizens of God? Aren't you citizens in the kingdom of God? The, the, the greatest need of mankind today is the kingdom of God. The greatest need for this world today is the kingdom of God. It's the rulership. It's the dominion. It's the authority. The most, the most stable Kingdom is the kingdom of God. <laughs> Think about it. 
Wrap your brain around that one. The most stable kingdom is the kingdom of God. It's not the kingdom of our government of the United States of America. It's not the kingdom of England or Swaziland. It's not the kingdom of Germany or Russia. It's not the kingdom of Australia. But it is the kingdom of God that is the most stable one. We took it from the beginning of Isaiah to Daniel. And he said, hey, there's this kingdom. And it is never, ever going to decrease. It's going to increase. Somebody needs to shout, Increase! Hallelujah. It's going to increase. It's going to increase. What do you mean? We're not backing up. We're moving forward. We're not moving back. We're moving forward. We're taking it to him. We're going after him. We're going to run that devil out. We're going to, we're going to say, hey, you can't stay here because I am operating in the kingdom of God and somebody's got to go and my kingdom is never going to be destroyed. So I would say, you move. Oh, you missed a good time to shout hallelujah. See, David knew about it. He knew about this kingdom. David knew about this kingdom. Let me, let me just read to you Psalms 91 and a couple of passages. See, David understood this kingdom. Listen to this. No evil will befall you. <laughs> I love it. Nor will any plague come near your tent. He'll give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Do you see this? He says, they will bear you up in their hands and you will not, if you don't strike your foot against a stone, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. This is what the word of God says. God said it. That settles it. Check this out. You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you will trample down because he has loved me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. You do not have to worry about, what is it? The swine, what's the... Swine flu. H1N1 to be politically correct. Because the swine manufacturers are like, you don't get this from eating pork. So we don't want anything to stop you from eating pork. My point is this. You don't have to worry about the swine flu because you are in the kingdom of God. You live, you operate, you operate in the things of God. You, you, everybody else is going, oh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Oh, it's swine flu. It's going to take over. The government has already said they can't stop it. The government has already said it doesn't matter. It's, if it continues to grow, just take schools, just take whole districts off. If you don't feel good, just don't go into work. Don't go to school. They close districts down. I got news for you. Somebody needs to hear that, hey, wait a minute. We have a kingdom of God that there is healing in, that there is no sickness, no disease. I am not going to operate in fear because some N1H1, swine one, whatever it might be, that I am not going to operate in fear. I am going to get up. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to produce for the kingdom of God. I'm going to talk to others about the kingdom of God. 
because that's what they need. So you let the, let the, let the, let the news just feed it, and it'll just grow, and you'll be saying, hey, guess what? I got something better than that. And they're going, what, what, what? Because I'm afraid. I'm scared. Oh, you don't understand. There is a way that is better than that way. There's a way to live because we serve a kingdom that will not be destroyed. We serve a kingdom that David was talking about, that no pestilence, no, that you're going to be able to tread upon the lion. You're going to stomp on the serpent. I believe Jesus said that in, 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 in the Gospels where he said, hey, you know what? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Jesus said he's going to step upon the serpent you're going to be able to drink deadly poison and it ain't going to hurt you there's some stuff that's going to take place it is not going to hurt you swine flu N1 H1 is not going to hurt the people in the kingdom of God because we're in the kingdom of God y'all might have to get this and listen to it over and over and over again I know it probably sink into some of you probably about lunchtime Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about the kingdom. We've got to begin to understand this. Let me give you, let me give you a couple more scriptures. Uh, Matthew chapter 7. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. If you're not in the kingdom of God, you better get in the kingdom of God. You better abort that kingdom that you're in because that thing is going down. You better get in the kingdom of God. Amen? That's why Daniel, that's why Daniel could go into the lion's den and sleep in peace and use a lion for his pillow because what? He was operating in the kingdom of God. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could begin to operate the way they operated because they were in the kingdom of God. He'd throw them in there, turn up the heat. (laughs) How many of y'all felt like you've been in a furnace before? Anybody? Come on, let's be honest. All right, got a few of you. They operated in it then. You can operate in it now, amen? I mean, the world has changed, but our government hasn't. Our government hasn't. The United States government has changed. But the king, excuse me, the kingdom of God government has not changed. That's why Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because of what Isaiah said, because of what Daniel said about him, Jesus can come back and say, you know what? The kingdom in the garden is the same as the kingdom that he was instituting then. And he says, and even in the future, the kingdom is still going to be the government that's upon his shoulders. And there shall be no end to the increase. Somebody say increase. So when Miles Monroe said the kingdom is a practical, spiritual influence of God, in our daily, contemporary lives, he says it's for now. You don't have to wait. There may be a fullness that's coming, but we don't have to wait now. You can operate in it now. Jesus died for us to be able to operate in the kingdom now. And that's the thing that has been so real in me. It's like, wait a minute, don't I have to wait? Don't I have to wait another thousand years or two thousand years or whatever it might be? Don't I have to wait? God says, no, you don't have to wait. You can operate in it now. Jesus said, I died for you now. He's seated at the right hand of the Father for you now to operate in victory now. Somebody shout victory. Victory. 
Come on, somebody shout victory. Somebody shout victory. He has you. You can have victory over those things that are trying to hold you back. There is no devil in hell that can stop you when you operate in the kingdom of God. You'll break out, bust out, blow out everything the enemy's got around you, and you'll walk in victory for the kingdom of God. And you can do it now. Somebody say now. You can do it now. You can do it now. Well, I don't understand because I know that this kingdom gives me the ability to live under laws while I'm in the earth. My laws, the laws from my father, the laws from my brother Jesus, I can operate in those laws right now. Do you realize that? You can operate in the principles and the precepts of these laws now. You are an ambassador. Say, I'm an ambassador. Let's talk a little bit about an embassy. Give me a few more minutes. Can I get a few minutes from you, sir? Can I get a few minutes from you, ma'am? Can I get a few minutes from you? All right. Thank you for the few minutes. Fuse three. An embassy. An embassy in a country, when you begin to step on foot of an embassy, the United States has an embassy somewhere else, right? As long... As long as you're an American citizen, you can enter the embassy of the United States of America if you're in a foreign country. You with me? Y'all with me? So if I'm in a foreign country, let's say I'm in Africa, and I get in trouble, I can head to the United States embassy, I can enter the United States embassy, and where, what country am I in then? You're right. I'm no longer in Africa. Oh, come on, y'all, get this. I'm no longer in Africa because I have just stepped into the kingdom of the United States of America and I am in the embassy of the United States of America and it does not belong to Africa. It belongs to the United States of America. So I can operate in the kingdom of God here on earth. Oh, somebody's getting this thing today. I can operate in the kingdom of God here on earth because I am an ambassador and I can go to that kingdom. And when I'm in that kingdom, it belongs to God. It doesn't belong to America. It belongs to God. The land does not belong to America. It belongs to God. Are you all understanding this embassy kind of thing? So that's why. Christ says to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you as well. Because if you seek first, if you get into the kingdom of God first, then, then that's where you're going to find it. That's why Jesus said, listen, to me, you guys are Bible people. That's why Jesus said, I'm not of this world, but in this world. <laughs> I got one lady that just is getting a hold of this thing. Amen. Jesus said, I'm not of this world, but I'm in this world. I don't have to do what the world does. But I can operate in this world. And how is God going to operate in this world? I got news for you. It's through you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's through you. And there's security in the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 7. Let's just look at, let's just look at verse 21, 22. Let's just read and we'll just get something here. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Hold right there. In other words, 
Not everybody is going to enter in to the kingdom of God. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God. There are going to be people that have just said, I just want Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and that's as far as I want to go. Hello? They won't operate in the principles and the precepts in the kingdom of God. They won't operate in joy. They won't operate in peace. They won't operate in, oh, come on, somebody, righteousness. Because the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. In Romans, it says the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So there are people, when he's looking at them, saying, they say, well, Lord, Lord, not everybody's going to enter into the kingdom. There are only going to be some people that are just going to say, well, you know what? I just want Jesus, and I just am thankful to be saved, and I am just going to stay right here and wait on the trumpet to sound. Are you with me? Then there's others that God has called, and I believe that's you. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. To live and to operate in kingdom principles. To say, you know what? If our government's going to change, then we're going to have to get people involved in government that understand the constitution of our government, and they will change things in that government. We're going to have people be raised up with businesses that'll say, you know what? I'm not going to cheat on my business, but my business is going to line up to this constitution, and we're going to do business the way God wants us to do business. Amen? There's going to be people that are going to have to purchase media places to produce newspapers, radio, all sorts of things to advance the kingdom of God. There's going to be people that God is taking and putting in healthcare industries that will say, hey, I'm not bowing down to the enemy. I'm going to do what's right because it's right, because of the constitution that I live by. There are kings in the workplace. There are kings in government. There's kings in media. There's kings in every area in society. And God says, I want to advance my kingdom on the earth earth so he wants you to set up a kingdom so the scripture when we look at it it says lord lord will not many who say to me lord lord will not enter into the kingdom of heaven but here it is but he who does the will of my father in heaven will what will enter i want to do the will of the father in heaven amen can you play something for me i want to give you this Example. I heard this example about the kingdom, and I want to share this with you. There was some people, older people, that were poor all of their life. And they had the opportunity to go on a cruise. Anybody ever been on a cruise? Raise your hand if you've been on a cruise. Okay, so you understand the principles. They went on this cruise. And they went and they were excited. Oh, we, have, we have never been even out of our state, let alone out of the country. And we're excited to go on this cruise. And they go to the store and they buy cheese and they buy crackers because they didn't have a whole lot of money. So they bought cheese and they brought crackers and they bought grape juice or grape pop. Anybody like grape pop? I'm a, I like grape pop. So they brought this grape pop and these crackers and this cheese and they turned around and they went on the cruise ship. They got into their room. The uh, porter took them to their room and he says, here's your room. Is there anything else you need? And they said, no, we are just so excited to be on this cruise with you. It's just exciting. It's exciting. We've never been anywhere. We've never gone anywhere. We've never done anything we've really not had any money to do anything with and he said we're excited to be here 
So the porter says, anything I can get you, just let me know. One, two, three days go by. They're still in their room. They're having lunch with the cheese and the crackers and they're drinking the grape soda pop. They didn't experience the shuffleboard tournament that was at day number two. They didn't get out and experience the pool that was there that they could swim on. They didn't experience the wonderful buffet that was there for them to eat at. Now, I've been on a cruise, and when you go on a cruise, the ones that I've been on anyway, you have a certain place that you sit every night, and we sit with the same people. So guess what was empty every single night? The table in which that couple was supposed to sit was empty. So day number five comes. That night, they're having the captain's dinner. I mean, there is entertainment, there is, there is food galore, there's anything that you would ever want to eat is there. I mean, you can dine at the table. And the captain gets up and he's informed by somebody that there's a couple that's missing. And he says, there's a couple that we are, do not know if you've seen them. Could you please tell us if you've seen this couple? And they look to the register and they get the couple's name and they ask them and nobody's ever seen them. In fact, the people sitting at the dinner table have said their seats have been empty, but the register says they have gotten on the ship. So the captain decides we need to find out what's going on. So he begins to send the porter to the room. And the porter knocks on the door And he opens the door, and there's the couple. And he says, are you okay? And they're like, oh, we are just wonderful. This has been such a wonderful cruise. He said, what have you been eating? We've had these cheese and crackers, and it's just really been wonderful. And we've had this great pop, and the soda pop was so good, especially when you have it with the cheese and crackers. And we've been able to look out this beautiful window, and we've saw the water, and we've saw islands, and we've saw different trees. This has just been a wonderful cruise for us. It's just been fantastic. And the porter says, do you have a ticket? And they said, yes, we have a ticket. And the porter says, can I see the ticket, please? And he takes the ticket, and he looks at the ticket. And he said, did you read the fine print? They said, no, we, we, we didn't read the fine print, but we have had such a wonderful time on this cruise. It's been one of the best. We haven't really been able to afford anything, but we are really grateful that we've had cheese and crackers, and we've had grape soda pop, and we've been able to see things outside this window. The ocean is beautiful. And the porter says, did you read the fine print on the ticket? And they said, no, but we've had a wonderful time on this cruise. He said, did you read the fine print on the ticket? He said, no. He said, the fine print says you can have every amenity on the ship free of charge. You could have ate at the dining table. You could have got dressed up. And you could have got on your elegant gown. And you could have gone to the captain's ball. See, the kingdom of God is like that. If we never read the fine print, we may never realize that we have a ticket 
to the dining table. We have a ticket for all amenities that joy, peace, power, strength, courage, love, all these things are on the ticket. Some will operate in the kingdom of God and some won't read the fine print. Where will you be? Will you be one to stay in the cabin? Or will you be one to get out and enjoy what God has for us? Will you be one to live and operate in the kingdom of God? Will you be one that says crackers and cheese are good, but God says, God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Will you be one that will break out of the cabin and say, wait a minute, it's time for me to dine at the captain's table. There's a seat for you. Will you step up and take it? There's a seat for you. He's willing to prepare a meal for you that is exquisito, wonderful. But will you stay and have crackers? Or you step up and say, I want to experience everything that God has for me. Why don't you stand up today? Many people get saved. And that's all. Many people give their heart to Christ but never operate in the kingdom of God. I want you I want you to experience the things that are in this word. I have not experienced it all. But I want to. And just because I haven't experienced it doesn't make it real. Doesn't make it truth. It's truth. There is a truth and then there is the truth and when you know the truth the truth will set you free the truth is you can walk in freedom the truth is you don't have to be bound by anything that's causing destruction in your life you don't have to be bound by drugs you don't have to be bound by illegal drugs or legal drugs You don't have to be bound by bitterness, hatred, anger. Will you come out of the cabin today? Will you say, you know what? It's great to be on the cruise ship, but I want to get out on the deck. I want to go swimming. I want to kick back. I want to be in the shuffleboard tournament. Come on, somebody. Those of you that have been on a cruise know what I'm talking about. If you've seen one of them little bitty well, depends on what you paid to get in that cruise. <laughs> You've seen what the one I saw was just a little bitty metal box. A room that you just went in. Didn't spend the time in there. But you can stay there if you want to, or you can move up into the kingdom of God. The choice is yours today. Let's pray.
today, if you're in the kingdom of darkness, get out. You better get out of that kingdom as soon as you can. Come to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life that no man comes to the Father but by me. If that's you today, I want you to repent where you're at, not even knowing. You didn't even know about the kingdom. You haven't been taught about the kingdom. You've just been taught about some religion. You just got to walk into the kingdom. Let's operate in the kingdom of God. If that's you today, God is here. And he's willing to receive you today. I'm not going to make you walk an aisle. I'm not going to tell you you've got to come up front or you're not saved. I want you to know in your heart of hearts that says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can have better than what I've got right now. I can walk in power and authority. Now I want you to identify those things that are coming against you today. Whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's...